Spears and Chad, John and Matt, they're your hosts with the most and sometimes they talk about ghosts, but don't be afraid, just pour yourself another rosé, John and Matt will always be there to save the day, sipping on spirits, acting so Welcome to Spirits and Chat with John and Matt. I am Matt Pullman. And I'm Jonathan Emerson. And this is a podcast where we talk about all things in the supernatural realm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's been a minute since we <laughs> produced one of these things. I think our last episode was our Halloween episode. Right, So a right. lot of things have changed in the world since we last dropped an episode. I think the most <laughs> important thing uh, was that we have a new president-elect. Yeah. Which is great because we are no longer in the scariest of timelines. Uh, yeah, the the dark timeline. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no matter who you voted or in for, a bad, bad yeah, comic. We appreciate your listenership. No matter who you lo- listened, uh, who you voted for, but we like you better if you voted <laughs> Biden. Um, and also, we both celebrated birthdays. Yeah, uh, no. uh, another trip around the sun. <laughs> we uh, got our. We talk about it a little later uh, in the episode with our guest, but we uh, had that magical uh, time of year where I am two years rather than one year older than Matt for a whole four days. Right. So John and I are one year apart in age, almost exactly. But John was born one year and three days ahead of me. So there are two <laughs> days throughout the year where he is technically two years older than me. Robbing the cradle. Exactly. Those are <laughs> a fun two days. And then I catch up right away. Uh, yeah, and this year, you know, COVID, lockdown, um, a little, little different birthday celebrations, but we did get to go out. We got to go skating yeah, and walk up our center yep. and went to the zoo and, and you know, Made the best of Made it. Made the best. It was socially distanced, but still together. So can't can't complain. Great. And in the spirit of togetherness, one thing that people do together is drink. So what <laughs> drink did you come up with for this week's episode? Right. So because uh, with our with our guest Monique, uh, who you'll hear from very shortly, um, we actually touched on Dia de los Muertos uh, a couple times. So I thought I would do a. a cocktail that's in line with with those traditions uh so i found this drink called the mezcal the mezcal sour uh which is basically the classic pisco sours uh uh, south american cousin uh so it's also a very very pretty drink it's the first that i've made on the podcast actually probably first ever uh drink that i've made that incorporated raw egg white as a frothing ingredient which I, I assume it's safe for us to drink. When I, when I saw you handling an egg, I, I didn't know if you were going to fry it or scramble it or what was going on. But but hopefully, uh, yeah, I don't have gastrointestinal issues no. after after drinking this. I'm pretty sure the the spirits uh, in this spirit spirit and chat drink this week um, took care of all of the uh, living organisms, and I, I believe eggs are also pasteurized. So okay, I mean, a- I, I'm inclined <laughs> to trust the, the science rather than the supernatural when it comes to foodborne illnesses, but, well, you know, let's give it a go. Let's give it Here a try. Cheers. cheers. 
That's mm. not bad. It's kind of like a margarita. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the mezcal and or tequila, um, and we could talk about that uh, for a second. That's the most interesting thing. So, uh, to start off with, we're using uh, lovely Jose Cuervo silver uh, for our mezcal sour. Now, mezcal, um, I had always thought was a type of tequila, and and I'm not uh, that assumption wasn't too far off. Uh, in the research on this drink, I learned that. Uh, both tequila and mezcal are made using the agave plant. Uh, the difference uh, between tequila and mezcal is the cooking process. So uh, mezcal is the traditional way. Uh, it's in earthen clay pots and it's cooked uh, in the earth, whereas tequila is uh, also the agave plant, but cooked in large industrial ovens. Cool. And in terms of the drink itself, the uh, mixture uh, to make the mezcal sour is uh, mezcal, uh, pineapple juice, agave syrup, lime juice, egg whites, one cup of ice, and then you shake it, you shake it, you shake it, and then uh, you put some aromatic bitters on the top, which you then can make cool designs with. So super fun. Great. Um, so I assume the, the white frothiness, is that the egg? Yes, that is the egg white doing that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, do not incorporate the um, yolk because that will definitely uh, change both the taste and texture of this cocktail. Yeah, and that that will make you sick. Yeah. <laughs> well, Rocky was able to 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 do the uh, raw whole egg. Yeah, that. Uh, and this has nothing of to do with any of our episodes, but I've seen like workout montages where people drink a raw egg. Is is there a reason for that? I mean, that always just seems like utter nonsense um, to me. I've never been protein. I've never been in shape. Oh, really? yes, you have. Not, not Rocky level. Not Patriot, like not athlete level. So not like raw egg level. Maybe because I'm not drinking enough raw eggs. <laughs> well, so it's Rocky, and then of course there's Gaston. You know, with his uh, twelve dozen eggs. Well, he ate. He ate them. He I never think they said were how they prepared them. That was I, when I went to Sketch Fest in Montreal. There is a sketch where it's just Gaston at the cardiologist, and the cardiologist is reviewing his <laughs> chart. He's just like, oh, so excuse me. Um, you say you eat. Five dozen eggs <laughs> every day. <laughs> oh wait, when you were a lad, you had ten dozen eggs. Oh, okay, this this explains. <laughs> this is a problem. This is why you're here. This is why place. you're the size of a barn. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and on that note, uh, I am ready to yeah, get into it with Monique. Let's talk to Monique. All right, so we'll be right back with our interview with Monique Sanchez. All right, welcome to the podcast, Monique Sanchez. Woo, welcome, Monique. Yay. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So, Monique, I did a little deep dive into you. Mm-hmm. You're an actress, you are a model, you're a podcaster. Am I missing anything? As well as an event organizer. Uh, okay. she's, yeah. She's done some stuff in Forest Hills. Oh, great. Yeah, right. In our yeah, I, I also, uh, you know, in, in the in the before times, as I like to say, pre-COVID. <laughs> What's that? I used to- <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. It's funny because it's true. Uh, I did uh, manage events for different uh, alcohol brands. And one of them uh, would be for Forest Hill Stadium, which and I would do the concert series there, which was a huge loss this year. I'm missing all amazing shows. But yeah, that's I think you pretty much covered it, though. That's kind of my wide sweeping 
uh, CV. <laughs> and I can, yeah, John and Monique uh, have worked together. In the yes, past. we've been once. We've been friends for for longer than I'll say, so that I don't um, give away our age. Um, but yeah, yeah. okay, birthday boy. <laughs> <laughs> it was just my birthday, totally yesterday. And I think by the time this episode drops, it will have been mine. Already, so. <laughs> For 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 four days, uh, no, three days per year, Matt gets to be uh, two years older and call me a cradle robber. So no, you're two years older than me. <laughs> I am two I'm... years older than you. Yeah, our birthdays are three days <laughs> apart, but one year apart, one year and three days. So there's this yeah. three day um, time period where John's two years older, but that has nothing to do with our guests. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so anywho, um, I can testify personally, Monique is an amazing actress. She's pretty much amazing at everything she does and we're super excited to have her on the show. Um, Thank you, you're so sweet. Uh, so your podcast is called Another Fucking Horror Podcast. We, we can swear on this podcast. Um, some, amazing, so uh, this isn't the Disney Channel, fantastic. No, 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 no. <laughs> they, they have way more money and resources than we do. <laughs> uh, so I listened to your latest episode. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, so thank you. You could tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, so what got you into horror movies, um, supernatural stories in general, you know, that, you know, the paranormal, where did that begin? Yeah, you know, honestly, I don't really know I could tell you. Uh, I'm first generation American of Cuban descent. Uh, middle child, only girl, so the damage runs deep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think probably it had to do with the fact that my birthday's two days before Halloween. Okay. So there was always, my birthday was always a big, you know, lot, lots of skulls and skeletons and ghosts and all of that kind of thing. And, and maybe it had to do with the fact that I, when Halloween was coming, it meant my birthday was coming and presents were coming. So I was like, fuck yeah, Halloween. Um, <laughs> But I've always, I don't remember a time when I wasn't into the occult or the paranormal or just even morbidly fascinated by all of that or murder uh, to the, you know, disdain of my Cuban Catholic mother who all she wants is for me to get married to like a doctor or something. And I'm like, well, you know, this is what's happening here. So it's really great. Uh, yeah, I just, it's always always been a thing that I've always been super fascinated by so in high school I, I feel like we're about maybe the same age but when high school like so were you a goth or I don't even know if kids are goths today or if that's a thing but definitely in the late 90s there was like a subset of kids who wore black and always had Jack Skellington tattoos and the, the folks who grew up uh, watching the craft uh, exactly. and, and and emulating accordingly yeah. <laughs> so Habsy. So, <laughs> Fair enough. I definitely didn't look goth. There's no way my mother would have tolerated or allowed any sort of black lipstick situation happening. But was I obsessed with the craft? Absolutely. It's amazing. Like every girl wanted to be one of those girls. And oh, if yeah. they say they didn't, they're absolutely lying. It was I think the coolest Every guy too. It's, it's basically two. the gay Wiccan version yeah. of the Golden Girls, you know, with like an extra <laughs> girl. Yeah. You know, I've never seen the Golden Girls. No. Oh, well, then you, need, <laughs> then you need to listen to season one of that, our podcast. That's a whole nother podcast. So. <laughs> we'll forgive. We'll forgive you for that. I think everyone wanted to be Faroosha Bulk in that movie. She's amazing. That, that monologue she does to Steve, uh, no, Skeet Ulrich. 
which is like jealous. You don't even exist to me. That whole monologue is incredible. And every girl's like, fuck yeah. I have like four guys I could say that shit to right now. (laughs) Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm obsessed. I love Tim Burton. I have, I had a billion Nightmare Before Christmas shirts for my birthday this year. My friend gifted me a Nightmare Before Christmas shirt and a Nightmare Before Christmas eyeshadow. So I would say I was... To get to get it I, semi-heavy, I, I wasn't super girly in high school because I grew up in a very conservative culture where being a woman, I was kind of, I, I grew up being told all of the things I couldn't do because I was a woman and how your brother can do that because he's a boy and you can't do that because you're a girl. So I didn't wear all of the dresses and the cute pinup stuff that I wear now because it was almost a, a way of being like, then I'll be outed as a woman and people will, anything feminine, people will know that I'm that and I can't have that happen. But I also didn't dress tomboy-like. I just didn't wear like the tulle and the pink and all of that shit. And then I, you know, was obsessed with Tim Burton and Radiohead and love the craft. And so, so it, it was like, a, so I wasn't goth. I don't, I was just weird and awkward, like so many of us are. In high so much in the theater community are. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's what makes us weird that makes us great. So uh, <laughs> um, I'm exactly. glad you brought up, uh, you know, your interest in film because on your podcast, you spend a lot of time talking about films, which was a great surprise to me because I'm a huge film buff. So, and I've, actually, I've never been to Alamo Draft House, but now- oh. Now I want to go. And now we we can't, but as soon as (laughs) as soon as we can theory, but I so I was really interested in that. Um, so where did your interest in horror movies and horror culture? Do you remember where that started from? Is there something besides the craft? It was definitely way before the craft. I you know, and I think. So uh, I grew up in a house that had HBO and my parents didn't really monitor it. Mm. So, yeah, so it was, HBO, like, I feel like HBO in the 90s was way more racy and... Taxi like, Cab Confessions, are yes, you kidding Yes. <laughs> yeah, I actually, because we have HBO Max and I actually was looking for all that kind of weird stuff that used to be on it. And I think HBO just kind of scrubbed all that. Yeah. And it was like, no, now we air the Big Bang Theory reruns. And it's like, oh, no, yeah. It's- I dated this guy who was trying to, like, I remember having, going on a date with him and he was like, trying to be super like, I'm, I'm a little out of control and stuff and telling me about uh, furries and loonies. And I was like, I saw real sex when I was four. Like, <laughs> I like know your business, like relax. It's, I, this is not shocking to me. I know, and, and that shit would come on like right after A League of Their Own too. It's like- Exactly. It was like, it kind of happened to us. Like we didn't really have to look that far to- <laughs> For sure. It was, it was like, oh, look, a, a kid in King Arthur's court just ended. Great. And it's like taxi cab confessions. You know, what the fuck is this? So it, it sounds to me like, um, you know, you were actually able uh, in a very awesome way to use this genre uh, as, a, as, a, as a tool for, for sort of pushing back and saying, no, I'm going to be me. You know, I'm, I'm going yeah. to own these things that I like and I'm going to do these things that I want to do. And knowing you, uh, you know, for as long as I have, it, it seems that that sort of spirit carried, carried over into so much of your modeling and the other things that you do. 
Thank you. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things too that like I I just like being scared and I like I like going to to like um you know like the haunted houses and like oh, Universal yeah. Studios or whatever. And recently I was thinking about how there's this huge overlap between the comedy community and the horror community. Oh yeah. And I wondered why that was and and I thought initially it was because of the B the you know, if we're going to be generous, the B horror movies that are so over the top, but really what I came to is that both of those genres are the ones that have an immediate feedback. You laugh or you, or you gasp. Right. And it's just, you have the immediate yeah, catharsis of it. Whereas in drama, it's a whole long drawn out thing. And the, the wife was the mother the whole time and the mother's dead or some crazy shit, but it's like, takes two hours for you to like get there. Whereas horror and comedy, it's, it's, I mean, it's a catharsis immediate. And, uh, and it's just lovely. I love, and I think, you know, especially you have, you have so much pent up bullshit that to have some sort of release like that is, is really great. I think that's true. Cause I, I did improv for a good number of years and I will say it's, the immediate adrenaline, probably in mm -hmm. or in improv, because you get up there and you could be, if it's stand up, you got five minutes, if you're lucky, and yeah. you off 20 minutes, maybe. And you know, but those are tight, tight 20 minutes, where as like a Shakespeare play, you know, mm. you're kind of in it for a, a whole arc of the experience, but-, but And that's a tight play. Yeah. And they cut out two hours. Yes, yeah, that's the short. <laughs> it's, hard to make, it's hard to make Hamlet not four hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. so I could. I definitely like. There is an adrenaline rush that you get mm -hmm. from watching or performing comedy. That's interesting. Um, speaking of horror, you know, we are mm -hmm. a supernatural themed podcast. Um, so, in your life, in your experiences, um, is there any supernatural experience that that you've experienced? Um, that it that was impactful. I know you had one on your most recent episode, so you don't mm -hmm. have to repeat yourself, but just out of the yeah. top of your head, any any interesting experiences of your own? Yeah, I actually have tons and tons and tons and tons of paranormal experiences. Awesome. And the thing is, I am I believe myself to be a reasonable person and I'm not someone to jump to the like it was a fucking ghost. Then you know, I'll be like, maybe it was this and I'll do my little detective work. And then when I can't come up with something that a, a reasonable explanation, then I'm like this, I, I don't know what this is, Right. but um, a lot of the experiences center around the passing of my grandfather. My grandfather passed six years ago and he was like classic, old old school old world patriarch you know he had two daughters six grandkids i was the only girl so i was the princess <laughs> and he was just and he lived a really crazy life and uh, you know and he he withheld a lot of stuff about the things in his past because they were very upsetting and he was just the type of person who never wanted anyone to be upset sure. so that even like when he passed it, he, it's almost like he waited for the 20 minutes that no one was with him. So it's like not to upset anyone to just like go and be like, it's fine, whatever. So he, he passes. And then I, uh, cause I live in New York now, but I, I'm from Miami. So I fly down to Miami to go to the funeral and the wake and the whole bit. And 
And I remember my, my brother had, had had a, a daughter um, who was a few months old at that time. And my parents had bought a, like a, a playpen. So it's the day after the burial. And this was my mom's father. It's the day after the burial. And my dad is getting ready to play golf because he's a, a big golfer. And uh, he's setting up the playpen. And, uh, and I was like, oh, I'll help you set up the playpen because we're just going to shove down our feelings and not acknowledge the fact that I just buried my grandfather. Da, 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 setting up the playpen. And, you know, we set it up and, we, and my mom had bought a bunch of toys for my niece. So we put the toys in in the playpen and one of the toys was this purse it's a plastic purse and it had four buttons on it and you would push a button and a trap door would open and Minnie Mouse would say something and it was all Disney characters <laughs> so we put that there whatever great my dad goes to play golf I sit down in the living and this I sit down in the living room and the the, the playpen is like 10 10 to 12 feet away from where the, the couch is. My parents' room is on the second floor of my parents' house. So my mom comes down the stairs and, and she's, you know, very distraught. She just buried her father and, and she sits down on the couch with me and she starts crying. She starts talking about him. And she starts crying and the trap doors on the purse start going off by themselves. Now, wow. I'm, I'm not unreasonable. And I'm like, maybe this is audio, like you, you know, like a, how you say it, the, that it, it, it works off of like hearing sounds. Like sound and like, Yeah. And I was like, and I knew it wasn't like, I knew it wasn't, but I'm not unreasonable. I'm not like, it's a fucking ghost. You know, I was like, okay. <laughs> so I give it a goog and it is not. The only way those things go off is when you push them. And and then just what happened over the next couple of days, he, it's almost like he went person to person in the family doing a thing to be like, I'm okay. Like, it's fine. I'm okay. You know, my, my cousin's wife a day or two later was at a McDonald's and, and was talking to her mother and she was ordering, she was talking to her mother and she got really emotional because my grandfather really liked the apple pies at McDonald's. You know, and she's waiting for her food. She's talking about it. She's getting emotional. She gets her bag. She goes to sit down and there's two apple pies. She did an order that she didn't pay for are in the bag. <laughs> and there's just so many, you know, whenever I travel, whenever I travel, my mom knows about it. We're a good Catholic family. So my mom um, always praised my grandfather to make sure that I have travel safely. And whenever I travel and she knows about it without fail, the person in front of me at the TSA check-in will have my grandfather's first name or last name. Wow, interesting. And the reason I'll know is because the TSA agent will be like, thank you, Julio. Which, when does a TSA agent ever say your name? Right. It basically <laughs> never happens. And then I'll be like, and that's just like a couple examples of so, so, so many, like so many, he's, con especially like when I'm upset, he'll like just pop in and be like, it's okay, I'm fine, don't worry, I'm fine. That's so cool. Um, so the first thought that brings up to me, well, two, two big ones. And, and one is actually a realization. I think um, this sort of brought to mind for me. So uh, this is like what I would categorize uh, as ancestral and or familial haunting. Uh, it's an intelligent, <laughs> it's an intelligent haunting, one of the most personal and also the sweetest, you know, it's, it's, yeah. 
it's not the type of story that you see on on the the ghost shows um it but it it's definitely like the type that can sort of change um, your perceptions of what the afterlife is and, and what it is to have somebody and, and potentially, you know, lose them and, and them not really being gone. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, you're our second guest whose experience was a positive experience where, which I didn't, when we got into, you know, to this project, I didn't think that we'd be hearing these types of stories that were happy, you know, mm -hmm. these things can be spooky, they can be nothing, they can be happy, but this is the second in a row, which is, really interesting for me to hear a ghost story that ends with like oh but things you know were better because I experienced this um when this initially happened you know when the switches went off mm -hmm. was it more a feeling like in your body like a peaceful feeling like for me like I would be freaked out so was it just something you instinctively knew that like this is a positive thing this is my grandfather this is not something to be worried about well, it, it was a thing, like it's it like if you're at home and then you hear something and you're like, "What's that?" Like it took a second to realize what I was hearing, mm -hmm. and then, and then it was just like, "Hmm, that's interesting. That is of note." It's like mm -hmm. we've been speaking about this person, and and even like when he passed, there was really you know he he passed in his home and he had a nurse uh, with him. And my grandmother was with him and uh, Cubans uh, and Cubans have a, a familial saint that they choose as their like homie. Okay. So St. <laughs> Judas is our, is our homeboy. Uh, okay. Patron St. Paul's causes. So, <laughs> he's nailing it. <laughs> so he, so there next to his bed, they had um, like a frame with a picture of St. Jude and a, a glass votive candle that was lit and my grandmother was with him and she saw his eyes glaze over like he just looked off into the, the distance and his eyes glazed over and she was like Julio are you okay and he just shrugged his shoulders like you know well, I don't know and then the votive exploded and then they went and then she was like a oh, fuck and she was cleaning it all up and by the time she was done cleaning it up, he had already passed. Wow. Like that it was almost like, and, and another thing is that he was someone who was sharp as attack to the, the moment he died. And in the last couple of weeks he was alive, he was seeing dead people around the house. Wow. Yeah. So as he was, you know, in, in I mean, I'm definitely speaking uh, of this from a, from a more of an Irish boy cultural standpoint. <laughs> But it's almost it's so uh, similar, though. Uh, it is, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially on the the Catholic leaning things. But uh, mm -hmm. the idea um, of of Samhain and the the veil thin thinning between worlds, um, you know, it, that's sort of what it brings to mind for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually have another story. Absolutely. So last year, um, Day of the Dead was on a Saturday, even though Day of the Dead is like technically like two days. But one of my close friends does a themed Halloween party every year. So it'll be like, come dressed as a character from a Broadway musical. And so sure. everyone has to come dressed like that. So last year, because uh, the, that Saturday was uh, Day of the Dead, it was a Day of the Dead themed party. So you showed up in the whole Calavera makeup and she had an altar and everyone was asked to bring a photo of a loved one to place on the altar. 
And then at the end of the night, everyone got up and spoke about their loved one. So when it was time for me to, um, to speak about my grandfather, I, I got very emotional and my, and I, and I mentioned in, in my speaking of it, how like he shows up a lot and like his names, like that I'll encounter people like right after I'm upset or emotional about him that have his name very randomly. And, you know, I know my friend 12 years, she's been living in the same building. She has a doorman building. I know all of the doormen who live there, who, who work there, whatever. So it's the end of the party. Me and a couple friends are all leaving at the same time. And there's a guy that's at the door, that's working the door. I've never seen before or since. And he has a name tag that says Julio. Aww. That's my grandfather's name. So the next day I call my mother to tell her what happened. And she says, and I, and I mentioned because day of the dead, isn't a thing in Cuban culture. Okay. It's more Central America. Sure. But like that, you know, it's believed that, that those couple of days that the veil between this world and the next are especially thin. And she goes, Oh, that's interesting that you tell me that because I went to your grandmother, my grandfather's wife's house yesterday. And I went during the day and all of the lights were on. And I was like, what the fuck is happening that all the lights are on? And she goes, you don't understand. They turn on by themselves. Mm. And these are switched, like you need to flip on the lights. Like it's not a dim or anything. So. That's so wild. You know, yeah. The other thing that keeps springing to mind as we're talking that just um, blows my mind. And it's something I actually want to explore personally more. But when you talk about paranormal encounters, uh, the, the regular ones that people see. You have so many telltales, cold spots um, with the woman in white legends, car lights mm-hmm. sort of powering that manifestation or temperature powering that manifestation. Or, you know, when you get into shadow people or some of the darker elements, it's fear that powers the manifestation. Only in familial do you get things like telekinesis uh, or telekinetic displays, um, audio uh, sense, you know, manifestation with no, with no transference of any energy whatsoever. And I find that to be, it's almost like the love is between the, the connection never leaves us. So it, it's the power that allows these things to manifest and uh, our, our loved ones to guard us over time. And I I just think it's super cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A friend of mine, uh, it didn't occur to me until a friend of mine was like, because it's believed that it takes a lot of energy to move things or, or show up in, you know, from one world to the next. And a friend of mine, it was like, how much love does a person have for you that he's doing, that he's using all this energy to, to do these things, to be like, I'm here and I'm okay. And that's just so lovely. It's beautiful. Great. Yeah. I love it. It's, this is such a happy, warm, fuzzy story. But yeah. um, I think this is a great note to wrap things up on while we're all feeling warm and fuzzy. Um, where can our listeners find you on the internet and where can they check out your podcast at? You can find me on Instagram at pinupgirlmo. Uh, you can go to my website, which is themoniquesanchez.com for all acting modeling stuff. And you can find my uh, podcast, another fucking horror podcast on <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, 
all of tons of places you can get podcasts. Uh, yes, it's, it's a lot of fun. I enjoyed the last one. <laughs> oh, I felt thank like you I so was much. one of the girlfriends in the room <laughs> with Damon. I also I wanted to chime in when you're talking about movies, but like, oh, they can't hear me. I, I also <laughs> I also love the the pop culture element to the podcast as well, just because it's what we spent our first season on, and so we love to geek out about movies. Our like two episodes, our Halloween special. Uh, for our podcast was us just deep diving like our favorite horror films so uh, which yeah. is which ones are they uh so i think my number one was the exorcist is either okay. the exorcist or the original halloween goodness i think mine was the original halloween um mm. but i had some obscure ones in there like like uh uh what was it uh not legends sorry um warlock armageddon was up in my mix mm. Uh, <laughs> some real obscure ones. So I like Dream Warriors too a lot. Uh, that uh, that Freddy Krueger three I think was Dream Warrior. So I thought it was that was a good one. Yeah, I think I had I had Scream, I had Halloween, I had Exorcist, I had uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street two mm. specifically mm. part two, super gay, the one with all the <laughs> the very not subtle homoeroticism. <laughs> You know, when Freddie spanks a guy to death, that's how you know you're in a... And that's <laughs> how you know. In a very special <laughs> movie. <laughs> but anyways, um, we'll be sure to link um, all your websites on our show notes. So our listeners should go, yeah, please go check out all of Monique's uh, websites and her adventures. Uh, Thank you guys so much for yeah, having me. Thanks for so having us. So yeah, thanks, thanks for joining us. us. All right, take care. Bye. 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 All right, welcome back. Um, one of the interesting things about Monique's story, and this is something that we've heard from previous guest Miriam, is that Monique's story was interesting is that her haunting, her supernatural experience was a positive experience yeah. for her. It was something that was comforting. Um, she wasn't scared or terrified. She knew exactly what right. it was. Uh, so so I, th- I found her story... Uh, again, I, as I mentioned in the interview, it, it's interesting to hear people talk about these experiences and how they're beneficial. Um, right. I've I've never had a supernatural really occurrence either way, but the majority that you see on TV, movies, horror movies, scary things, is always about someone in peril or, you know, this entity or ghost causing someone distress or discomfort. But this is the second story in a row we've heard where it was it was a positive right haunting, which is I, 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 I much would rather hear stories from people that are positive yeah than negative those are more enjoyable just you know he, listening to people talking about positive experience and maybe giving them some sort of cathartic experience well i think that's what it what it really boils down to and i think my major takeaway is from both monique's story as well as um our friend Miriam, um, you know, it's, it's a positive experience, but also one that, that sort of makes the entire transition, you know, the entire afterlife less scary, you know, uh, gives them, you know, something to believe in and, and really showcases that, that things, you know, continue on, that those who love us never really leave us, um, you know, not to get uh, <laughs> too uh, Harry Potter-esque, but um, yeah, that's that was really my takeaway. And then from the science angle, or I should say the paranormal sciences angle, again, the, this is the thing that stuck, uh, sort of jumped out at me when we were talking, but 
Um, the idea that the energy exchange for paranormal activity that you normally need, that you normally see. You know, there's usually always some sort of cold spot or uh, exchange in light, you know, from headlights in cars and cars uh, or flashlights, um, batteries getting drained. Uh, there's always something a lot of the time um, in familial hauntings and all the stories I've heard so far. That's why I personally call them ancestor uh, hauntings or ancestor uh, experiences is that energy exchange doesn't seem to be required. It's almost like the love that they still have uh, as family members sort of powers that that experience. And a lot of the time when you hear folks talk about these types of experiences, they tend to be very protective in nature. And, and there's actually a lot of stories um, that have been documented where somebody's experiencing a negative haunting. And then when they, you know, deep dive that and investigate it, there's also a family member or a familial um, uh, presence that that is stepping in and, and trying to help make things better so yeah and I feel like a lot of these are going to be based on an individual's spirituality or religious preference lifestyle beliefs what have it I, I believe in for Lydia de los Muertes, and this is just from watching the movie Coco, so <laughs> I might be wrong, is that the belief is that, you know, your your family, your ancestors are in the afterlife comfortably there, mm -hmm. and they are just stepping out to, you know, to visit to you, visit. say yeah. hi, but I, I'm sure, I wonder if in other beliefs, if you actually believe that your family member is you know, still existing on the same plane as you and in like heaven afterlife at the same time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, this gets into, it'd be a different situation where someone is kind of in an in-between and I'm, this doesn't, this doesn't relate to Monique's story exactly. But I, the only way that I feel like getting messages from a family member could be construed as negative is if you were felt like, the, they weren't moving on. Oh, okay. Like, sure. I would. I wouldn't want one of my families to be trapped in our queen's apartment right, right. for for eternity. Um, well, that, that would be that, sad. So that's definitely the difference between like a family member passing on and being like a a haunting or someone that's that's trapped versus an intelligent experience and an intelligent. Um, I, I want to say apparition, but an, an intelligent activity that's coming back for a purpose. And uh, what struck me about Monique's story in particular is uh, Julio only came back, uh, you know, when he, you know, she described in life how he was, you know, very, very keen on, on taking care of other people emotionally and that these activities, you know, really often came about because somebody was remembering him or, or sad about his passing and he you know was sort of there uh, in those stories to uh, to, to offer comfort and, and peace so it, it kind of reads to me uh, there's there's this idea uh, among uh, people who follow the the paranormal world that um, heaven may not be or the afterlife may not be something that is you know on it you know, up in the up in the stars, but maybe something that a dimension of some sort, or or a place that is a little to the left of of where we are, if that makes sense. You know, closer than we think, so that so that you know the the people who've passed on may be experiencing a positive uh, afterlife, if you want to think of it like that, but still very connected to to those they leave behind. Right, and and the other thing that Miriam 
and Monique's story had in common is that when they experienced the positive haunting, um, intuitively they knew that it was something peaceful. It wasn't like, oh, I heard something weird. I have no idea what this phenomenon is. Right. I need to go investigate this or researchers. I, I think they knew in their heart, in their minds, like, oh, this is what it is. So I, I've, I, it seems like, you know, if you're going to be visited with by a family member, it's, you're, it's not going to be in question or in doubt what it is which right. is a positive thing yeah absolutely so i think it's something you just know in your heart and your god um in your soul like oh this is this is who it is and it's nothing to be um i think it's just an, an instinct it's also know? a mindset you know in, in in terms of uh so um miriam and uh, monique as well you know both uh really humanized uh you know the the paranormal to a degree you know with some of their experiences so i think um something that that was said by Miriam, in fact, is, you know, remembering that these, that, that spirits, uh, or this type of activity, it, you know, that, that was a person, you know, so that mm-hmm. is a, is a big takeaway. Right. Yeah. Cool. Any other final thoughts on today's episode? Uh, no, I thought it was super awesome. Um, you know, huge thanks to Monique for taking the time to, to chat with us and, uh, do listen to her podcast. Yes, it her is awesome. podcast is called Another Fucking Horror Podcast. <laughs> It's available on all the, all the platforms. We are also on most of the platforms. Yes. I'm not going to take credit for all of us because Stitcher will not have us what? as of late. But it, it's fine. Um, when we will come to them on our own time. When, it, <laughs> when, it's, when both when both of us are ready in our hearts. We'll have that our, Julia Roberts moment our, where we're walking into we will, the store. We will meet cute Stitcher on a rainy New York street <laughs> under an awning. Um, but you can find us online on iTunes, Spotify, and most of all the rest. If you want to check out our social medias, we are on Facebook and Instagram at the handle Spirits and Chat. If you would like to send us an email, you can email us at spiritsandchatpodcast at gmail.com. And if you are ever so inclined, it would be much appreciated if you could leave us a five-star rating and possibly a review on iTunes. A five-star rating really helps with our visibility on that platform. Until next time, I'm Matt Pullman. And I'm Jonathan Emerson. And remember, stay spooky! spooky.